Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Support for Alaist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Welcome to a special joint broadcast from Alaist 89.3 in Southern California, and the state of Nevada from KNPR 88.9 in Las Vegas. I'm Larry Mantle, the host of LAS Air Talk. And I'm Joe Shaneman, host of KNPR's State of Nevada. Today, a look at Los Angeles to Las Vegas. The population pipeline, the metro Las Vegas area, continues to be a popular destination for folks looking to leave Southern and Northern California. The U.S. Census says that from 2015 to 2019, 250,000 Californians moved to Nevada. That meant a net gain of 123,000 Nevada residents because a lot of Nevadans also moved to California. And according to the online real estate brokerage firm Redfin, at the end of 2023, Vegas is the number two spot that people using their services are moving to. And the majority are coming from Los Angeles. Well, Joe, I'm so excited to hear from listeners in both Southern Nevada and Southern California to share the reasons that they move between the two regions and what drove that decision and what they particularly like about where they live now, what they miss about where they relocated from. We're asking you to call in, whether in Southern Nevada or Southern California. If you're someone who's moved between the two regions, please share with us your experience succinctly, of course. Of course, we want to get as many listener calls from both of these large radio markets onto our air in Southern California and the Las Vegas area. The phone number for you to call, 866-893-5722, 866-893-5722. If you'd rather email your experience moving between the two regions, you can do that. We're using our AirTalk Southern California email address to simplify. That address is atcomments at laist.com. That's atcomments at laist.com. On those emails, please include your first name, and it's very important to know where you're writing from, whether it's Southern Nevada, Southern California, and specific neighborhoods. So if you're in North Las Vegas, if you're in Henderson, if you're in Pahrump and listening, if you're in Highland Park, wherever you are in the two regions, please let us know the area to which you're listening to this joint broadcast. And in those two regions, the population shift from Southern California to Southern Nevada is nothing new. Reasons vary depending on who you ask. But for a lot of people, it comes back to the cost of living. Home prices in California are rising and taxes are very high compared to other states. Nevada, meanwhile, has no state income tax, and it simply costs less to buy a house here. The median price of a home in Nevada as of November 2023, according to Redfin, was $435,000. In California, it was about $794,000. 
Now, here to talk about some of the reasons why people are moving between California and Nevada, aside from just the housing, but that is a big part of it. We're joined now by UNLV professors who have studied this issue. David DeMore is a political science professor and also serves as the interim executive director of the Lindsay Institute and Brookings Mountain West. Also with us, Michael Green, chair of UNLV's history department. Professors, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Professor DeMore, let me start with you to ask you about the appeal of the Las Vegas area for Southern Californians. We know a lot of its economics, job opportunities. We know that housing costs are significantly lower, although even in in the Vegas area, of course, the price of housing has gone up. What are some of the other factors that appear to be driving the move? I think one of the things we certainly saw during COVID was the opportunity to uh, telecommute. Um, we saw a lot of Southern Californians moving in, and that's when we saw a big spike in our real estate market. So I think just the way that people are adapting to work um, is happening there. We certainly see in our data that there's a lot of industrial jobs being shed in Southern California. A lot of them, unfortunately, ending up in Phoenix, but we're capturing some of those. So you certainly have those sort of um, economic dynamics. And then, of course, there's just a long history of this, right? I mean, one of the things that our colleagues at my colleagues at Brookings found looking at the 2010 census data was there was more age eligible voters in Nevada who were born in California than actually born in Nevada. Wow. That, that's pretty incredible. Uh, what is it about California, uh, Professor, I mean, about Nevada, that Californians, like, aside from the housing prices, I mean, uh, when they, they come here, are they finding things that are making this area more amenable to them? I think there's certainly just the, the the proximity of it makes it easy, right? You look at you know, about 90% or more of Nevada is essentially populated within 40 miles of the California border. So it's very, very proximate. There's certainly a lot of exchange of families, a lot of just exchange of of work, entertainment, all those kinds of things there. And this has you know, been our lifeblood forever, as Michael can speak to, um, you know, since the founding, right? We've been dependent upon California um, for, for, our, for our economy, going back to the sort of the mining and up in the north. And then the creation of Las Vegas was originally designed to be a sort of pleasure uh, destination for Hollywood. Professor Green, uh, there are cultural differences between the two regions. So as the migration happens and Californians bring some of their attitudes, um, the, the way they like to live their lives, how much of a conflict is that creating between um, the two populations or former you know, distinct populations that are now merging? That can be a little hard to read, but a lot of people around here tend to complain if they've lived in Las Vegas a long time. That, oh, no, the Californians are coming. They're going to bring big government. Uh, they're going to bring taxes and so on and so forth. And mind you, Nevada not having a state income tax is appealing for a lot of people. We're not going to get a state income tax, I think, no matter how many Californians move here. Uh, I think that the movement has benefited us in a way in that there is an old libertarian inclination in Nevada and in Las Vegas, the idea, oh, you're free to gamble, you're free to do the things you want to do. And people do move here and say, well, wait a minute, we we need more parks. Uh, We we need some of these things. Uh, It doesn't mean that that leads to a great expansion necessarily. Uh, It also doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of Las Vegans, I'd say like Dave and me, who think to ourselves, we we want to do these things anyway and are trying to do them. But I do think that that has loosened things up a little bit ideologically here in Southern Nevada. 
And Professor Namora, I wonder if you're seeing that politically. Are, are you seeing that in the political decisions and some of the bills that are coming about through our legislature? Are our representatives from Las Vegas and those from Reno seeking to create bills and laws that create more of the uh, better education, more parks, those types of things that people in California might be more used to? And when they get here, they find they don't have as much of that. Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a couple of sort of political ramifications of this. The first is you clearly see, particularly in the rural counties, a lot of aversion to this, right? That's become sort of one of the taglines. And we go out to the 2018 election um, cycle. That was a, a big sort of mantra of the Republican candidates there is don't make don't make California Nancy Pelosi's playground, that kind of discussion there. So you certainly see that that part of it there. I do think we're sort of observing a little bit of a north-south difference here. I think that's post-COVID, some of the migration from Southern California tends to be more from the Inland Empire and at least a little more conservative. So if you look at the last couple cycles, uh, the, de- the Republicans have knocked a point off of the Democrats' margins in Clark County, but then they're losing the same margin up in um, the North, right, where the, you tend to get more migration from the Bay Area and Sacramento. I think you know, a lot of what we're seeing in the in the legislature is really a function of more generational change and the increasing sort of uh, diversification of that legislature. Uh, for a long time, and before term limits, it was very sort of very old guard, very much controlled by the northern interests here. And now it's much, much different environment up there. Um, and you clearly see a you know female majority legislature. Every, every cycle gets more diverse there. And I think that's driving a lot of the sort of more liberal policy changes we're seeing in, coming through the legislature. We're talking with a pair of uh, professors in Las Vegas, David Damore, political science professor and interim executive director of the Lindsay Institute in Brookings Mountain West. Michael Green, chair of the history department at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. But we want to hear from you if you've relocated between the two regions, between Southern California and Southern Nevada, going in either direction. What do you like about where you live now? What do you miss about where you're from? Please share your feedback to us so we can personalize what this larger scale experience involves. We're at 866-893-5722. That's the unified call-in number for this special broadcast, 866-893-5722. You can also email your comments about your relocation between the regions at atcomments at laist.com. That's atcomments at laist.com. Please share with us what your experience has been. Larry Mantle with Joe Shaneman. We're the hosts of the two local public affairs call-in programs for Southern Nevada and Southern California, State of Nevada and AirTalk, respectively. Again, that phone number, 866-893-5722. Joe? Yeah, uh, Professor Damore, one more question on the political end of this. A lot of people over the years have said... Yeah, we know a lot of people from California are moving to Nevada, and California is a very strong Democratic state. But aren't those moving to Nevada who are avoiding the high costs and the taxes, aren't they potentially more conservative, more Republican? Is that what we're finding, or are we finding that the people, whoever leave California, that the political mix of those people is, is equal? Is it about the same? I mean, do you have a feel for that? I think, as I mentioned, I think there's a north-south difference going on right now in this, um, just that we're tend to be getting more migration from those sort of more conservative parts of Southern California. 
um, whereas in, in the north they're not. And I think that's reflecting um, in, mm. in our elections a little bit there. Um, so, yeah. And, but I also think, you know, when you come from another state, one of the things I think that always fascinates me when I give a talk in Southern Nevada, I ask, how many people are born in Southern Nevada and, or, or in Nevada and no right. one raised there? <laughs> um, and so there's an expectation of that there's more government or things work the way that they did in their state there. And when they find out they don't, they're kind of scratched their head regardless of their their, their political ideologies. Uh, let's talk a bit about uh, the migration that's happening from other states. Uh, you've got uh, Arizona, Florida, and Texas among the top five over the last couple of years. You don't hear that complaining in southern Nevada about people from those states, do you, Professor Green? No, you definitely don't. And, of course, I, I think that there just tends to be this reaction, a gut reaction to California. Arizona, do you at one time when Arizona really was, for example, talking about SB 1070 and immigration, there tended to be more of a snapback, you might say. But uh, what I like to ask people when they say it's turning into California, which part? <laughs> you know, are, are you talking about the beaches? That would be lovely. <laughs> and so very often, I, I think it's just from a standpoint of very superficial attitudes. And uh, we, we don't have the same attitudes about those other states. Well, and I wonder, you know, California, just because of its size and Texas and Florida are big as well. But California, because of its size, Professor, um, you know, carries some of the baggage of its nationally influenced resentment over California in some other parts of the country. And that, you know, California particularly has become a progressive state that among those who, who aren't necessarily as collectivist in their thinking look at that more negatively than they do the migration from elsewhere in the country. Almost definitely. And I mean, this this does go to a kind of long-term change in California, notwithstanding that not all of California is progressive or collectivist or whatever term you prefer to use. And uh, there are people who are moving who have nothing to do with any of that. But it, there's an interesting similarity when you think of image, uh, because that's the image of California. And what's the image of Nevada? What is the image of Las Vegas? What happens in Vegas, etc.? cetera? Uh, so it, it's kind of interesting to consider that they're going from one image to another. Again, we want to invite your phone calls, conversation with us as we're doing a joint live broadcast between KNPR in Las Vegas and in Southern California, L.A. is 89.3. We want to hear from you. If you've moved between the two regions of the country, if you used to live in Southern California and you moved to the Las Vegas area, what's your experience been? Do you like the life that you have in Las Vegas better than the one that you had in California? What are the aspects of it? you enjoy most? What are the things you miss about the previous life you had in Southern California? Conversely, if you're someone who's moved from Southern Nevada to Southern California, share with us some of the challenges, perhaps financially, that have come with that, some of the things that you like about your new home in Southern California. We're at 866 893 5722. It's the unified call-in number for both KNPR and LAist 89.3 listeners. 866-893-5722. If you'd prefer to email your comments, you can do that under our unified email address for this simulcast, atcomments 
at laist.com. Laist is L-A-I-S-T dot com. That's A-T comments at laist.com. Larry Mantle of AirTalk on Laist 89.3. Joe Shaneman of KNPR's State of Nevada. Joe? Yeah, and we did get a comment, uh, email from Matt in Beverly Hills, who says, and I'm going to address this to the professors, as a current L.A. resident who was born and raised in Nevada, I was wondering if the guests could speak on what the long-term resource outlook outlook is for the state of Nevada. Uh, Professor DeMore? Uh-huh. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, for get for the um, people in Southern California may not be aware that we're one of the most efficient water users users in the world here. Um, we're use less than well under our three hundred thousand acre feet a year of the of the Colorado River allocation. Whereas Southern California, that's a whole different um, issue there. So I think as we move forward. Um, there's a lot of expectation of Southern California coming to the table um, to make to sustain the um, the uh, the Colorado River allocations there. So that's obviously the the biggest one um, here is the is the joint sharing of the water. And currently, Southern Nevada Water Authority is actually paying um, some of the freight on the cost to do a water uh, reuse facility in Southern California. So we're already sort of working on that together. Yeah, that, that's a $750 million investment to, to help Southern California. I, I think a lot of the questions from Californians might be this, especially those who want to move businesses here. Uh, do you both believe, and we do talk to the Water Authority quite a bit on this program, that there will be enough water in Southern Nevada in the future for the growth that we're seeing? We're seeing it in the professional sports industry. We're seeing different enterprises and technologies coming here. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Michael, um, you want to take that one? Or... Well, I, I am inclined to think that through negotiation, through power plays, and on what Dave said about the efficient use of water here, that there should be enough water. Now, that also kind of depends on the Colorado snowpack. Uh, we don't control climate change uh, or what's happening in other places. But the current trend lines, I think, are good. Yeah, and and to add to Michael's um, point on that, right, remember, we recycle all indoor water here. So the real problem for us is limiting the water that's that's outside. And then obviously now they're seeing the implementation um, on the air, the changes on air conditioning um, for, for the for the strip and some of the bigger properties there that'll make a huge dent, allow us to continue to grow and particularly to to develop some industrial um, increase our industrial output here. Again, uh, we want to invite listeners in both the Las Vegas area and in Southern California to join us to talk about the move between the two regions. If you're someone who's relocated between them, please join us at 866-893-5722. We want to hear from you what that experience has been like. You've seen a lot of change in Las Vegas and in Southern Nevada generally in recent years. Maybe you're someone who moved from California to Vegas a decade or so ago. You've seen your new home change dramatically. What do you like? What do you uh, not so much like about it? 866-893-5722. Or you can email your comments to atcomments at laist.com. Please include where you're contacting us from and your first name. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, Professor Green, uh, and Joe just mentioned this about 
all the sports teams um, that Vegas has now seen thrive, uh, of course, with the Golden Knights hockey team, which has been a smash success at T-Mobile Arena uh, at uh, Legion Stadium. We've seen the Raiders move in and draw crowds from around the country who follow their home team to Vegas to see them on the road. An NBA team will likely be coming in the in the next few years. And of course, the A's are relocating to a South Strip location from uh, Oakland. Professor Green, what what does all this mean to Las Vegas's sense of itself? I think it means a lot, frankly. Uh, the Golden Knights were the first major franchise, and the timing, in a way, was terrible because they started right at the time of the October 1st massacre on the Strip in 2017. And they went out into the community. They adopted the community, and the community adopted them. And so there was a, to use a term I don't normally like to use, a synergy, a comparison, you know, something that brought them together. Uh, the Raiders, I think, fit in a different way, and I think it has some applicability to what we're talking about. Because lest we forget, the Oakland Raiders spent more than a decade where? In Los Angeles. And you had a fan base there who would then come to Las Vegas to see them. Uh, there's still an Oakland fan base. And the Raiders haven't been adopted in the same way, I'd say. But here's my little comparison for whatever value it may have. Los Angeles did not really feel it was a big league city until it got the Dodgers. True. And when the Dodgers moved to L.A., their legendary announcer, Vin Scully, was asked by the owner, Walter O'Malley, should you root for the Dodgers on the air? That's what they were used to in L.A. And I have to tell you, I'm an L.A. transplant, moved when I was two, run out of town on a rail. <laughs> and my dad grew up there listening to local announcers who said, you know, we're beating the enemy. Hallelujah. And Scully's response was, there are a lot of people here who are like us, transplants. And when you think about the Raiders, the A's, the potential NBA team, you do have that kind of thing going on where people from outside are coming to see their team play the local team. And I think another team that has more of a community connection now is the Aces of the WNBA. They have become more popular, and they were really the first national championship team here professionally. But I also think what this speaks to is what you might call the Las Vegasification of the country because of the spread of gambling and sports betting. We are no longer uh, persona non grata. Uh, 20 years ago, Las Vegas wanted to advertise on the Super Bowl, and the NFL said no. 20 years later, where's the Super Bowl? <laughs> so some of this has to do with Las Vegas and the surrounding area growing. Some of it has to do with how the image of Las Vegas and the reality have changed nationally. Let me share a listener comment from Cliff in Carson City in northern Nevada. He said, I moved from L.A. to northern Nevada for gaming and economics. I live in a large two-bedroom apartment here for $1,200 a month. I could never find a comparable apartment in L.A. And Cliff raises an important point. There are people who move to Nevada because of gaming. It is an attraction. And and for some people, it's not just the economics of, of what it costs to live, but also the uh, opportunity to visit casinos, to take part in 
entertainment offerings of Las Vegas. We'll have more to come in just a couple of minutes on this special joint broadcast of Air Talk on LAS 89.3 in Southern California and State of Nevada on KNPR in Las Vegas. We're talking with listeners who've moved between Vegas and Los Angeles in either direction. What drove you to make the move? What you appreciate or don't appreciate about your new and old homes? And we want to hear from you your call at 866-893-5722, 866-893-5722. If you'd prefer to put it in writing, email us at atcomments at laist.com. Laist is L-A-I-S-T. That's atcomments at laist.com. Please include your location and your first name. Joe Shaneman and I will be back in just a couple of minutes to continue and hear from listeners. And we... And we are back. I'm Joe Shaneman. This is a special joint broadcast of State of Nevada on KNPR in Las Vegas and Air Talk on LAist 89.3 in Los Angeles. We're talking with listeners who've moved from Vegas to LA and some from LA to Vegas about what drove them to make that move. What they like, what they don't like about their new home. We welcome your calls. The number is 866-893-5722. That's 866 866- Eight nine three five seven two two. If you used to live in LA or in the San Francisco or the Bay Area, and you've moved to Northern California, Northern Nevada, or Southern Nevada, what drove you to do that? Share your experience. Give us a call. You can also email your comments to atcomments at laist.com. Include your first name, the city or the neighborhood in California or Nevada where you're writing from. And it just helps to give us a sense of place about where your comment is coming from. And right now, I want to go to a caller, Barbara in Henderson, who moved here from Los Angeles. Barbara, welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead, Barbara. And what a, what a fun idea for you guys to get together. I am a... Um, a member of both stations. Very good. Wow, that's and, terrific. Yes, and still still listen to both stations regularly. Larry, I can't miss you, so i got to keep KPCC. Thank you, Barbara. So, um, yeah, we moved here because I couldn't retire if we stayed. And I had lived there for 45 years. I love living in different parts of L.A. I miss the ocean terribly, but I have to say... Our life here is just lovely. It's peaceful. It's calm. It's easy to get everywhere. There isn't a lot of traffic. We're in Green Valley and Henderson. We've made lots of friends. But I have noticed on apps like Nextdoor and, and sometimes in conversation, even with our neighbors who don't know we're from California, <laughs> any problem that happens in yeah. Las Vegas, it's those Southern Californians who have come here ruining our town. It. And it's like, I didn't come here to ruin your town. They think we want to change the political climate. They think we're moving here to make uh, Southern Nevada or Nevada more blue. That's one big thing I hear all the time. And just we're using up all the resources. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. But that's the only 
the only negativity that I hear is that kind of thing. But other than that, our life here is just lovely. And we still get back to Southern California a couple of times a year to visit friends and do things. So Barbara, there you go. But life here is great. Thank you so much for calling. Joe and I are, are smiling. We love that you listen to, to both KNPR and to LAist 89.3 and are members of both. And that your move after 45 years in Southern California has been such a positive one. Let's talk with Frank, who's in Las Vegas. Frank, I understand you're from San Diego. Uh, most recently, I'm originally from the Bay Area, 25 years. Um, but I left the Bay Area back in 2010 after the 08 meltdown. Um, had enough with California. <laughs> had great careers, great life, all that. I went to Hawaii. Uh, that turned into a 10-year stint. I came back to San Diego. I uh, was shocked that the cost of living in San Diego was uh, three times higher than the cost of living in Hawaii. That's that's astounding to hear, given Hawaii's cost of living. So do you feel like you're really a, a Nevada now? Have you really settled in? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I spent uh, I struggled for a year in San Diego, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't take the cost of living of everything. <laughs> One bedroom apartments at twenty five hundred dollars to Enormous traffic, um, uh, did great there as far as, as work, but then I heard the buzz about uh, Las Vegas, and I came out to explore the other side of Las Vegas. Uh, I heard about Henderson and, and Summerlin, and I and then I did a little three-day um, exploratory trip, and I found a couple of jobs and found a place to live in three days, That's which great. would never happen in, in San Diego, so... Uh, I live out uh, in Henderson as well, the other lady. She's uh, in Green Valley area. And uh, what brought me out here was, A, the cost of living, and, two, was opportunity, given that the economy and is exploding here. All right. Frank, I thank you so much. We appreciate you, you being with us. Yeah, and if there's other callers out there that want to share your experience about why you moved to Las Vegas from L.A. or to Reno from the Bay Area, the number to call. We are doing this joint broadcast with AirTalk from LAist 89.3. It's 866-893-5722. That's 866-893-5722. Or email atcomments at laist.com. And I'm here with Larry Mantle. I'm Joe Shaneman. And I want to go to caller Linnea of Las Vegas, who moved here from San Diego just a couple of years ago. Linnea, welcome to the program. We, we actually just lost Linnea, unfortunately, oh. Joe. But uh, let's read her comment, and then we can we can move to Joshua, the next caller. But Linnea, um, who called from Vegas, said, I moved from San Diego to Spring Valley in 2021. I couldn't be happier. I go 10 miles to, uh, to the Strip, 10 miles in the other direction. I have Red Rock Canyon Recreation Area. I don't miss the beach or the freeways. I love it out here. There's more open space. That's Linnea in Las Vegas. Thanks very much. That's awesome. We do have another caller, Joshua from Henderson. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing? And thank you for taking my phone call. Okay. Uh, myself, I used to live in L.A., Inglewood, Pasadena, Pomona. The one huge thing that I've noticed here uh, is a huge increase in the homeless population. Uh, a lot of folks are cashing out in California, uh, to my understanding, uh, statistically speaking. Uh, and, and they are coming here, and they're paying cash for homes. Well, unfortunately, 
is pricing a lot of us out. And when I say us, I mean the people who uh, were here in Henderson. Well, I'm I'm from Henderson, and even now, um, when I went to purchase a home, I I couldn't find anything that was decent. Uh, everything had increased dramatically, uh, and so it's priced me out of the uh, out of the um, housing market. But also too, the people who were already on edge as far as rent. Uh, and things like that, <clears throat> those people are now in the streets, uh, and I see them every day. I'm a registered nurse, and this is something that uh, really uh, captures my attention. Uh, there's also been other things as far as tagging that I, I definitely recognize that is from California. But anyway, uh, th- there are a lot of people who move from California out of necessity, and God bless them. Uh, but that's the one thing that I've noticed the most uh, is the increase in the homeless population here. And then the affordability of homes, because um, we're just outright being yeah. um, um, priced out. Right? Joshua, I'm, I'm, um, I think it's striking. You're a registered nurse, which is a high-paying profession, and still finding yourself priced out of homes. That's got to be discouraging. It's extremely discouraging. Um, and, I mean, some of the homes, the prices, and then, of course, with inflation, uh, I'm not going to go there. That's a whole other uh, topic. But, uh, yes, it's, it's a huge problem, and uh, so I moved yeah. out and actually had to move right back to the very same area that I moved from because I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford anything better than that. Uh, and to my, according to my realtor, he said, well, you know, uh, the folks are coming from across the border, and they're paying cash. They're paying cash. You, know, and you, you can't. Cash is king. And I appreciate yeah. it, Joshua, very much. Joe, might be, be good to turn to Professor DeMore about homelessness because, obviously, that is a huge quality of life issue here in Southern California. Professor DeMore, I don't know whether um, you have any statistics on any trends of homelessness in the Vegas area. Um, they do an annual count of that, and I haven't seen that lately. Michael may be familiar with that. Um, no, but it certainly has increased, and it's um, been an issue. Tried to address a little bit in that last in the last legislative session um, for sort of sort of first time trying to do it systematically here. Um, it's one of the issues that where we struggle as a region because we don't really have a regional governance structure to address this, right? So you essentially get um, each of the municipalities with their own sort of policies. Um, that oftentimes just end up pushing it to the borders of the municipalities as it turns out there. So this is a, something where, where we are going to struggle because we don't have that collective uh, governance and resources to address this. Yeah, the upcoming count is in about a month. About a year ago when they did the last count, it was much higher than in previous years. And it is a big issue here. And And as the caller mentioned earlier, we are seeing this this influx of people from California who want to come here because the cost of homes are much lower, but they are buying homes with cash and sometimes way above the asking price, and that is leading to this huge increase in the value of homes here. And Professor Demore, how much of a problem is that in the Las Vegas, but but even more so in the Reno area where the cost of a home is more expensive than in Las Vegas? Yeah, and it's it's you know priced out so many of the, of, the, of the local residents here and this is one of the great tensions we have right that much of las vegas and nevada and generally was built on come do sort of blue collar work and live a white white collar lifestyle 
um, three, you know, the, the, the house in the suburbs, three bedroom house in the suburbs with a pool, that's no longer attainable here. Um, and I think we, what we ha don't have is a real hollowing out of the middle class because we haven't created an industrial base or some of those jobs there. We're still well behind on the healthcare jobs that would sort of help to, to, to fill out that middle there. So that's something that we're struggling with as a state. Um, and a lot of it is just simply also the other part of this. So we're simply running out of vacant land to build on. <laughs> so the, the the old solution of just rolling out another another suburb um, farther out from the urban core, that's really no longer an, op uh, an option here. And Larry, we have a, a lot of uh, emails here from different comments. I'm going to start with one and uh, let's just kind of go back and forth here. Uh, we have um, we have an email here from Jorgen in Las Vegas. This is my biggest gripe about people from other states, particularly Californians, is their failure to register their vehicles in our state. I've seen California plates in my neighborhood for years without them transferring their tags <laughs> to our state. At traffic signals, I see them. While Californians reap the economic benefits of moving here, we lose out on registration fees and taxes that fund our local government, schools, and our state's general fund. I'm old enough, uh, Joe, that I remember here in Southern California the same complaints that were <laughs> made when so many people were moving here in the 60s and 70s and people didn't re-register their vehicles. The state had to actually launch a down to try and collect that vehicle registration revenue. Uh, Mike in Mountain's Edge emailed us, having grown up in Vegas, I relocated to Long Beach in early 2008. It was a transformative period where I carved out a career in the nonprofit sector and completed grad school at Cal State Long Beach. Unfortunately, the post-graduation job market was tough, drawing me back to Vegas in 2015. That's Mike in Mountain's Edge. And Gordon from New York says, I've lived in Southern California and Las Vegas. I love them both. The diversity of Los Angeles makes me very happy. The weather, the beauty, cultural opportunities are exceptional given the nature that abounds. It's truly amazing. Las Vegas is also diverse. Clark County has such great potential, and I was surprised to find that I also fell in love with the natural beauty of this region. Of course, as a destination, Las Vegas has so much to offer. Conrad in Henderson uh, joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, I understand you're a realtor in Vegas. Uh, Conrad, please share with us what you see with your clients. Yes, good morning. Um, so I moved here in uh, 2000, and I've been a licensed realtor now for 12 years. And I would say at least 70% plus of my buyers are from California. And for two main reasons. First, they're sick of the traffic. <laughs> Second, property taxes. I mean, there's so much value to be had out here still. And uh, I do with a lot of luxury buyers. And, um, you know, in L.A., it's $1,000 a square foot. And you can get into a luxury home here for as low as $500, $600 a square foot. Yeah. I mean, it's just so much value. And, of course, we're the entertainment capital of the world. I absolutely love this city. The opportunities here are terrific. And uh, I only see it going up from here. So. Uh, Conrad, do, do a lot of people who want to buy homes here, do they ever express worry about the water situation? Sometimes. Um, and, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see that uh, being a, a dramatic uh, problem. And I think we, are the, we have the strongest restrictions in the country and the best uh, conservation programs in the nation. And, um, you know, I think uh, especially uh, if, if the weather continues as it, as it is, last year we had a great snowfall. This year we're on track to uh, be, you know, close to it, if, you know, maybe a little less. But I think we're going to be just fine. And, hope, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. 
I hope that's the case. Uh, we have another caller here from Brooke in Las Vegas who moved to Las Vegas from the Bay Area. Brooke, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. I love listening to your show, and I'm still members of KUER and KZU. Um, I moved here in January of 2020 for work. Um, so I came here for sales, and I came here knowing that I would be traveling a lot. People would be coming to see me because, of course, it is a destination city. And then the pandemic happened, and so my son had gone off to college. I was an empty nester, so I was here, like, alone for the first time. And, and it was a very difficult time moving here right at the start of the pandemic and with how shut down our town was. Uh, but I've really grown to love it. I was able to... Um, get into a home. I lived here for about a year renting, started looking and bought and actually built a home. And, you know, I tell my friends that live back in California and I just say, you know, it's a, it's a different quality of life here. Um, you know, as, as previous callers have mentioned, just the, the cost of living, uh, taxes, gas in our car. Um, the one thing I am glad of is that where I raised my son and, and the schools, I, I don't know if I would have wanted to uh, transplant a teenager here for high schools, um, but other than that, I, I think it's been a pretty great transition for me personally. Brooke, and Brooke, Brooke, I'm sorry, Larry, you're, you're speaking to the education system here, which in Nevada has ranked you know, very close to the bottom for decades, and now we're in the mid-40s in the 50 states. Um, do you, since your son's grown up out of the public education system, is it something that you hope will improve here, or is that out of your mind now? No, I absolutely do, because I have friends that are educators. I have clients with children in our system. I mean, during the pandemic, schools were shut down. Many people pulled their children out of public school and put them in the private schools or the charter schools because those were open and available. So it, it, it definitely is. And I, I mean, I plan on living here and being a resident and I want, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. So we need to have a better education system to grow our entire economic base outside of the hospitality and tourism. Brooke, thank you so much. Brooke in Vegas joining us. In case you just tuned in and you wonder what you're listening to, it's a simulcast between two NPR member stations, KNPR in Las Vegas and LA is 89.3 in Southern California. Joe Shaneman, the host of State of Nevada on KNPR. I'm Larry Mantle, the host of Air Talk, which is in this time slot on LA is 89.3. And we're hearing from listeners of both of these regions. Southern Nevada and Southern California, their experiences about moving between the two locations. We continue to see a huge draw uh, of Southern Nevada to Southern Californians because of uh, the lower cost of living, more affordable housing, and availability of jobs. So we would like to hear from you what your personal experience is. We've had some wonderful callers so far who've shared with us what it's like moving between locations. We're at 866 893-5722. That's our unified phone number for this simulcast, 866-893-5722. You can also email us with our email address for this special broadcast, which is atcomments at lasst.com. That's atcomments at 
L-A-I-S-T dot com. Please share if you email us your first name and the location where you're emailing. We'd love to hear from you. And Joe, we've got uh, yet more email uh, messages. We have a really interesting email from Yvonne in Los Angeles who says that her parents moved from a senior community in Riverside to Los Angeles during the, quote, Las Vegas is for families era. (laughs) Remember that. (laughs) I do, too. Their dollars went further. They were able to drive at least a decade longer, but as their health and monetary resources declined and as their social networks began to fade, they were hard-pressed to locate to relocate to a good senior medical and social services area in Las Vegas. So after her father passed away, they moved their mother to the Midwest five years ago where the infrastructure for the aging and end-of-life medicine were exceptional, and that is a major issue in Nevada. They're calling it the silver tsunami here. There is a massive increase in the number of people who are who are um, at retirement age. And David Damore, I wonder how you see the state being able to handle that massive, it's not really an influx, it's people, well, it's both. It's an influx of people who are moving to retire here, but also people who are just becoming older, the baby boomer generation. Is this state prepared for that? Uh, short answer, no. Um, this is one of the areas I think where economic development in uh, our, our needs are going to meet, and that is building out our healthcare economy um, to address some of these issues here. We did take in the last legislative session um, a pretty important step, right? That is that they uh, raised the uh, pay rates for home health care workers. Um, I think about $5 is what it came out to be, so pretty significant there. Um, that's a pretty unstable um uh, employment sector, so hopefully you can bring some, some stability to it and make it a more attractive um, uh, uh, jobs moving forward because we're going to need a lot of um, home health care workers, particularly with the movement um, nationally for sort of aging in the home as opposed to in retirement um, homes. Um, so that that is a real challenge, but I think it's also an opportunity for us on the economic development front. I, I I recall when we did a joint program, Joe, uh, several years ago, we had a couple of calls from people who were critical of health care in the Vegas area. And I don't know, is that something, Joe, you hear from your listeners or is that something in recent years that the, the uh, amount of health care provided and the quality of it has improved? Well, uh, David can answer this better than I, but uh, we also talk with medical professionals on this program, people from the new UNLV Medical School. It's still an issue here. It's a major issue here. It's the fact that we have built a medical school in Las Vegas helps, but it doesn't really help in retaining doctors here. That really goes to residency programs, which the state has given more money to, but it was far less than what those at the two medical schools in Reno and Las Vegas wished for. It's that kind of money, that kind of support for residency programs that keeps doctors here after they complete that program. It's still a major, major issue, major, major issue here. Some people still believe that the the best hospital, uh, the best medical care you can get is by going to Rita International Airport and taking a flight to UCLA. We wow. hear that all the time here still. Wow. Yeah, we do. We, we export a lot of our health care, to, to, to Joe's point there, to, to, to the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix and also to Southern California as well. So we have grown our health care sector. The problem is, is it's basically kept up with the pace of growth. So we're still kind of running in place. 
in trying to make these sort of big jumps is really, really hard starting from how far of a deficit we were in terms of our infrastructure just 10 years ago. Uh, Carrie and Ventura emailed us, it'd be remiss to not mention the status of the high-speed rail development. This will be a game changer. I work as crew in the entertainment industry. When this is completed, there will be commuters in our industry taking that train. Um, Joe, to what extent is is there um, a faith that the high-speed rail will be built between uh, South Strip area and uh, Rancho Cucamonga in Southern California? California. We we just did a program about this just a couple of weeks ago, and now it seems that the the funding, uh, more than a billion dollars in funding, is coming through. That is, you know, from all estimates, you know, and I always say this with a bit of skepticism because I've been hearing about this for decades here, but with a bit of skepticism, they say it is actually going to happen. That it could be constructed within the next five years. And that was a big question that I had before this program as well. And, and David, I wonder if you think, like, uh, like the person who we mailed in, if we will become more of a suburb or a bedroom community to L.A. or, or how that high-speed train could change the mix of people who live in Las Vegas or work in California or vice versa. I mean, I think there's a lot of unknowns with that. Um, Bright lines estimating that it'll cut the I-15 traffic by 20%, but that again assumes that that the, the train doesn't induce more people to come um, for those very reasons we've talked about. And then you think about if the supplemental airport gets built down at the um, at the state line there, mm-hmm. what that also means for those. So there's lots of sort of unknowns in that. I think in the short term, it provides some, assuming it gets built, and again, getting that federal money, I think is a huge, um, gives us a, a huge leg up on that has the potential to alleviate some of that tension and make that drive a little bit um, easier, at least in the short term. But I think those are all great questions and a lot of it's sort of sort of the unknown. Think about if, you know, we move forward on a, on a movie studio here. What does that mean in terms of the, increasing the traffic between Southern California and Southern Nevada as well? And we are nearing the end of the program. This has been a fascinating discussion. Uh, I am here with Larry Mantle. He is the host of AirTalk at LAist.com 89.3. I'm Joe Shaneman at KNPR, State of Nevada in Las Vegas. This has been a simulcast, and we hope to do it, uh, Larry, a lot more in the future. Yeah, this has been fun. It is. I, I'm so appreciative, Joe, of you and your team at KNPR for being up to do this. Our thanks to the technical uh, folks at both LAS 89.3 and KNPR. Thank you for joining us for this special simulcast of AirTalk on LAS 89.3 in Southern California and State of Nevada, KNPR in Las Vegas. Uh, Joe and I hopefully will be doing this again sometime soon. Great to hear from listeners in both markets. Have a wonderful rest of your day. AirTalk continues for LA listeners. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.